here's something that I've done so many times as my kids were growing up, and I, I had it done to me too as I was growing up and as an adult. My kids, one of my sons might have done something. They're fighting or misbehaving in some way, and I'm chewing them out, ripping into them, and they're just sitting there, and I'm getting mad because they haven't said the two magic words. I'm sorry. And then finally, you know, I would blurt that out because I've become so frustrated that they're not even, they're not uh, repentive and they're not, they're not apologizing. And so I finally say, look, you're not even saying I'm sorry. And then they immediately say, I'm sorry. And then I say, well, I don't believe you. You're just saying that because I wanted you to. <laughs> Growing up, I always thought, being repentant or repenting, repentance like the Bible talks about or what the preachers always talked about when I was a kid, was that, I'm sorry, begging for forgiveness and on my knees and groveling. That's what we want to see in our kids too. I want to see you really mean it. I want to see that you're really sorry. You're not even crying. I'll make you cry. But that's not what repent means in the Bible. Repent in uh, Mark, in the first chapter of Mark, when it says, <clears throat> the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Well, there's a lot to unpack in those three little sentences. The kingdom of God is at hand. It says later in Mark, Mark 11, that, uh, not Mark 11, uh, Luke 17, 21, that the kingdom of God is within so the kingdom of God is within. And the good news, or the gospel means the good news. And repent, repent in, in that verse is not meaning groveling or, you know, putting on sackcloth and pouring ashes over you and begging God in the sky for forgiveness. That's not repent. Repent means a complete or a radical change of thinking, changing the way you think. Metanoia, I think it's how it's pronounced in the Greek. I don't know. I don't speak Greek. Phonetically pronounced, that's what it, how it sounds. But it means to change the way you think. That's all it means. So that verse, or those verses, the kingdom of God is within you. So change the way you think and believe this good news. Man, that verse used to scare the crap out of me growing up. Well, the way preachers taught it, that, it scared the crap out of me. It had me going down to the altar every week to get saved again. Oh, every, I, I, every Sunday morning, by the end of the sermon, I, I knew I was going to hell if I didn't get down there and on my knees and repent the way they taught it. That the kingdom of God was coming down. It's the end of the world. And there's fire and brimstone and Gog and Magog and Armageddon and all these things, these terms that they used to spit out that they'd pull from the book of Revelation and from uh, their own prophecies. And, and just some of them just really bonkers ideas that they would pull from the Bible and then no telling from where else, from the devil, that had me terrified that the kingdom of God was coming that Jesus was coming back on a white horse and was going to pull out his flaming sword and 
slay all the people that didn't believe in him. The non-Christians were all going to be tossed into the lake of fire. I better, I better have said the right prayer. Uh, I'm not going to be up in the sky with them. I'm going to be swimming in the lake of fire. I was terrified. And so when I go down the altar, I'd be crying and begging for forgiveness. And that's not the word. That's not what that means. There is in Acts a couple of places in the, in the New Testament where uh, the word translated as repent has a completely different meaning. The, repent shows up a number of times, but there's one part in Acts where Paul says, uh, neither did I repent, meaning in, in that Greek word means uh, feel bad about something or regret it. That's not what this means when it says repent, repent and believe the gospel, believe the good news that the kingdom of God is within you. That means change the way you're thinking. It's a completely different Greek word. So the kingdom of God is within you. The power and wisdom of Christ is within you. It's time to change the way you think about this. Have a radical change of, of thinking and believe the good news. Oh, there's so much in that little verse there. But like Dave Breslow says, I'm, I'm a Bible person or a Bible guy. I think he meant that in a good way. That's just what I grew up with. So that's what I like reading, but I, I read a bunch of other things. But um, it doesn't matter if you've ever read the Bible because the same power, whatever you want to call it, is within you too. It's just what I grew up with and what I enjoy reading. Uh, and so this radical change of mind, this radical change of thinking, once you get that and you realize, you know that the power and wisdom, you are the power and the wisdom of, of God, that Jesus Christ is within you, that we all have that within us. We are all that. We are all one. And if you know you're all imagination, and you are bigger than any state of being, any state uh, of this attitude of mind that Neville talks about and that I've mentioned. You're, beyond, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than any emotional state. You're bigger than any seeming problem. You are the undying. The states aren't you. You dwell within a state and you can move from state to state throughout the day. There are an infinite number of states of being and an infinite combinations of those states. And those states are here to stay. And you just move from state to state if you choose to, if you enjoy the dwelling place where you are now in life. And you, I couldn't imagine staying in one spot though. I think we naturally want to experience more expand and for me i enjoy learning and experiencing more exploring you know we've you may think when i first started learning about this i, I didn't the states of being states of consciousness you know neville describes it as a state is an attitude of mind it's a mood 
It's your concept of yourself and all of that that comes with that and the body of beliefs that in reactions and the thoughts and the, what you do, how you behave is based on that state that you're dwelling in. And the, I thought about this one day that an example of moving states, you know, think back to uh, something in your life. I can think of a dozen right now where I've behaved, where you've behaved in ways that looking back now, you can't believe you acted like that. You know, you think, gee, I can't believe I did that. It seems so foreign to you now. You know what I mean? It seems so foreign, these things that you, you can recall doing in the past. And it's like, wow, that's like an entirely different person. I, I would never do that now. I, or it doesn't have to be something negative. It could be something crazy and silly and fun. But you think back and think, you look back and think, I, man, I couldn't do that now. What, what, was I, what was I thinking back then? Well, you're, you're dwelling in a different state. You've moved states, whether you knew it or not, but that's a good example, a clear example of showing motion. You move from one state to another. I want to read a quote from uh, Neville's book, At Your Command. Let me get it out. I didn't have it out. Okay. <clears throat> now here is something to always bear in mind. You cannot put new wine in old bottles or old wineskins or new patches on old garments. You cannot take with you into the new consciousness any part of the old man. All of you, all of your present beliefs, fears, and limitations are weights that bind you to give your present level of consciousness. I said that wrong. Let me reread that sentence. All of your present beliefs, fears, and limitations are weights that bind you to your present level of consciousness. If you would transcend this level, you must have, leave behind all that is now your present self or conception of yourself. To do this, you take your attention away from all that is now your problem or limitation and dwell upon just being. This is what in like Psalm 4610 talks about. Be still and know that I am God. That my I am and your I am. I am. The awareness is God. Just be still. Be still and bask in that, just surrender to that feeling, just that I amness. You don't have to say it. Some people like, you don't have to say it out loud or even say it repeated in your mind. You can just be still and let that awareness, let that basic foundational I amness kind of flow up around you and you kind of sink down into it. That's the way I picture it, the way I like to imagine it. I'm just kind of soaking in it and it's surrounding me. There's this awareness, this I am. I'm not Mike. I'm not a dad. 
not a husband. I just am. And then in that stillness, knowing what it is you do want, whatever state you do want to desire, you want to dwell in, occupy. That's when you pull that up. And a little scene, bring that up, bring a little imaginal scene up, which has you in a first person present tense experience, experiencing some action, some little event that would imply that your wish has already been fulfilled. Not necessarily the moment of your fulfillment, but something that would come after the fact that would naturally happen and feel natural to you. What would feel natural to me would not be something necessarily that feels natural to you. So whatever that little scene is that would imply your wish, not mine, your wish is fulfilled. Enact that scene in your mind until just rehearse it, play it, play it through until it feels real, until it takes on the tones of reality. If not a scene, then in that moment of stillness, when you're just aware of being aware, bring up your wish and its fulfillment and that feeling of what would it feel like? How, how would I feel? that this wish, this desire is fulfilled and has been. It has been for some time. What's that feeling? What does that feel like? Let that feeling clothe you. It feels a part of you. It is you. You've moved in time and space. You've made there, here, and you've captured that mood that new state of being, that wish fulfilled. Oh, it's done. You've already done it. It's already true. And just let it go. Open your eyes and go on about your day. Or nod off to sleep. That's always fun. Take a nice little nap afterwards. Ah. Oh. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm about done, but I want to read you a poem by Hafiz. Hafiz, this is a translation by Daniel Ladinsky. I've read other translations, um, and I've, some poems I like other translations better, but this is the book that I still have, Ladinsky's translation of Hafiz. The title of the book is The Subject Tonight is Love. 60 Wild and Sweet Poems of Hafiz. Okay, so the name of this poem is You Say, I Say. You say, how can I find God? I say, the friend is the lining in your pocket, the curved pink wall in your belly. Sober up, steady your aim, reach in, turn the universe and the beautiful rascal inside out. You say, that sounds preposterous. I really don't believe God is in there. I say, well then, why not try the Himalayas? You could get naked and pretend to be an exalted yogi 
and eat bark and snow for 40 years. And you might think, hey, old man, why don't you go shovel snowflakes? Love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.